We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Backliners podcast, Agro and Barracuda, as per usual. Sorry, we are a little late today. It's uh... right on time. Right on time, um, as I'm sure everyone did not hear you say, Barra, because I'm assuming... I didn't even look at the audio levels. I'm assuming they aren't working um, right off the rip. And so I'm just going to continue to change things until it looks like it might start working. Uh, mm-hmm. And then eventually it will. Um, or it won't. Oh, you heard him? Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Now you don't hear him. I don't know. But now I don't know which one it was on that you heard him, chat. I don't know. Barra, say something for me. Nope, 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 nope. Dude, this is actually... Of, okay, I'm going to get this fixed. Uh, I've decided... In my opinion, neither one of us should be it. here, and it should just be Mifflin. I think everyone agrees with that. Uh, I think we got the this... most, uh, that was the best guest you've ever had. I will say that we get, that was the best guest you've ever had for, like, every new guest we have on. Uh, uh-huh. Which is great. I love that. Um, I want people to... Enjoy the people we're bringing on, and clearly people do, and that's awesome. Uh, I do think Mifflin might have been the most we need him on Aggressive. all the time. Yeah, oh, they, they love that, Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. he was. <laughs> that's just what Mifflin brings, um, for sure. Mif, he Mif brought is, the EUSEC to Worlds, apparently. He he fired him up, huh? How about that? Uh-huh. They, they kind of popped off. Um, they, the EUSEC, um, you know what they didn't do, Barra? They didn't pick Kronos Alquang and wait until late game, every game. They didn't pick early game, you know. They didn't sit around and do nothing. But they did stuff, at the very least. Uh, yep. and, they looked, Which, and they looked really good. I mean, I whenever the SEC games are on, I don't watch them. Yeah. Um, but from Mambo's set against Dragons, where they ended up winning a game, I mean, if you're going, like, toe-to-toe with Dragons in the early to mid game, then I kind of feel like you're playing Smite correctly. Yeah, you're doing something right. <clears throat> That's for sure. Um, and we will see Hex Mambo at Worlds, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, alongside some other teams. Before we get into that, uh, this is obviously a big episode. We Bear and I are both kind of frantic because, Bear, I don't know when you leave, but I leave like, do you leave tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow morning. Oh, baby, what time, what time are you hopping on that flight? My flight's at 7.15. How far uh, are you from the airport, roughly? You don't have to dox yourself here, but... Because I'm super it, far, and my flight is 7.15 Thursday morning. 
Yeah, I'll I'll just say I'll be leaving my house way earlier than I want to be. Uh huh. Are you ta- Are we talking in the three a.m. range? Uh, no. Well, okay. I don't know when we're supposed to leave, like to get to the airport, like because I feel like people have said it's supposed to be like an hour, like an hour and a half, like two hours. Yeah. And then I do that and I wait for ninety minutes. Yes. And, I'm like, and that is the you intense. You guys are trolling. No, that's the. Oh wait, are you a? Uh, don't get to the air okay uh, as everyone knows as evidenced by this podcast it's late today uh i'm late to everything all the time mm-hmm. i've had a very busy day so i was not able to stream before uh no no it's the uh, podcast listen i am who i am my parents are mm-hmm. the two most late people i've ever known in my entire life they are each 30 plus minutes late to anything i am oh. consistently two minutes late to everything and i think all things considered that is a minor miracle. And I don't beat myself up about it. Maybe I should give myself more, you know, flack for it. But I've gotten, I've improved to this point and I'm happy with where I am. Mm-hmm. I have never in my life been anywhere close to late for a flight that I could control. Uh, that is not, that is the one place because it is so inconvenient and so much money that I will happily sit at the airport for two hours. In order to make sure yeah. that I know that I I got there and I don't have to pay any additional hundreds of dollars in order to get wherever I'm going. I think people who, Ro just said, pack last minute, arrived at airport 45 minutes before takeoff, never miss a flight. That is psycho behavior, Ro. I can't believe it. I can't. You get there 45 minutes before takeoff, not even before boarding? Takeoff is a lie, bro. They close the doors before then, man, because you got to board. Like, you can't be getting there that early. What what happens if you get there and there's a whole bunch of people in security? You're just going to give up? I'd just give up. I would leave. I'd be like, ah, oh, whatever. I'm host. No point. I couldn't do it. I got to get there super early. I mean, for tomorrow, I'm just hoping there's not, like, a lot of people between 5 and 6 in the morning, so. There will be more people than you think, but not a ton. I would expect that you yeah. would still be waiting for some amount of time at the Atlanta airport. I was worried if it's, like, post-holiday. Mm-hmm. Like... If the Atlanta airport, I mean, it is like a super busy airport. Um, yeah. If it's still getting slammed at this point, but. It is the busiest airport yeah. in the country. It will be busy. It is always busy there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll begin there earlier then. 20 right. to 30 on, minutes, on, I think, is safe. All right. On to my talk. Well, assuming, assuming oh. that you're going to wait 20 to 30 minutes in line before you get to the train and all that kind of stuff don't get there 20 to 30 minutes early uh you will miss it um that's definitely not the play um yeah so this all started because we're very frantic world is coming up a lot to do uh excitement is very high not just for this might world championship but of course for our special podcast episode right afterwards barry uh don't forget that i believe we said wednesday uh either wednesday or thursday i should have known um, which one I said. One of those days. It won't be Tuesday. Okay, the 19th. Thursday, January 19th <clears throat> at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be doing a special podcast episode. So no podcast on Tuesday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Only podcast on Thursday. And it's going to be one of our live AMA episodes. And we will have... This might be a 40-hour podcast. We're going to stay up for days talking on this podcast. Because we're going to have Smite World Championships to talk about. We're going to have... Oh, yeah. Patch notes reveals to talk about and keynote stuff to talk about. 
Uh, and it's going to be a great show. I can't wait for it because it's also our favorite type of show, which is where you, the listener slash viewer, can get involved and be on the show directly. We did one of these before. Uh, it was the most fun podcast episode, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's even better this time. If you weren't a part of it last time, these live AMAs are shows where you can get a ticket to come in and join the show before it was audio only now you will be able to join with your webcam and your microphone if you want uh you obviously don't have to um interact with us you know bring up your question we'll shoot the breeze and then we'll kind of keep it moving uh you can get tickets at uh you can get them in any description of if you're listening to this podcast on spotify or whatever you know check the description um go to prediction.com p-r-e-e-d-i-c-t-i-o-n com the youtube description all that kind of stuff it'll all be there uh i did mention last time as well that if you're a patreon subscriber you get these tickets for a discounted rate i think it's for no, for non-patreon subscribers i think it's eight dollars in order to join the show uh for not for patreon subscribers i think it's going to be five dollars or four dollars so just a few bucks off with uh supporting us um again you don't need to do that it's just if you want to help support the show and be a part of it this is a very cool way to do it so again uh, Thursday, January 19th, 8 p.m. Book it, show up, even if you don't get a ticket. We'd love to have you. I think it is our most fun way to do the podcast. Um, and we are going to have an infinite amount of stuff to talk about. Okay, let's talk group stages. Because uh, this was the most smite I've been able to sit down and watch it once in a long time. And I was having so much fun watching, if you couldn't tell from like my spam tweets during the week. Uh that I was really invested in a lot of these sets and really had a lot of fun watching. Um, overall, I think the level of play was higher at the beginning than I expected and lower at the end. Uh, I thought that as the pressure mounted, uh, it became it became more and more apparent that the pressure was mounting. Like, even between the Scarabs and the Warriors, you watch that set back, how many panic beads and ter- yeah. you know terrible ultimates and that kind of stuff did you see that you could tell that, that that moment was just weighing on it and i for as much as i hate watching bad smite uh and i've been notorious for losing my mind over like bad smite in the past bad smite in big moment doesn't bother me even a little bit because yeah it makes it more interesting it's more so it, yeah it's so tense and it's so you know it just feels so human uh it's why i love penalty kicks and football uh it's awesome um and i was loving it i was loving it top to bottom uh i guess the first let's let's kind of talk about the titans because they're in their own separate category because they're the only team Mm -hmm. spl team that looked uh that looked clearly the part uh they go five and one on the weekend they drop game one to the eldritch hounds and i'll be honest barry when they dropped game one to the hounds i was like uh oh i really think if they lost that game too if they lost that game too i think they lose that set i really do wait isn't it i thought it was the best of three on that set no it was the best of five that was saturday okay they 2-0 the ravens (laughs) yeah they do lose that (laughs) yeah imagine (laughs) i think uh no um the titans 2-0 the ravens on on thursday what the game the second game of that set was not very clean but they got the win and that's what matters then they play the Hounds on Saturday in Game 1, Sino picks Chalk Jungle. They lose. Uh, weird coincidence there. Hard to say if that's related well, in any way. 
I think it was more about the Uller solo. Yeah, that too. Uh, I think those kind of picks are really good if you have a really reliable front line, but Sino kept trying to initiate by himself as full offense chalk. Yep. Because that is just the Sino thing to do. Which I don't really blame him. I mean, they don't. I don't think they had initiation. I think they were like Sylvanas chalk or something. So their only initiation is a chalk blinking in. Um, yep. But I, I, I think even if like Uller solo like feels really good like individually, I think for a team, I think you just need more frontline. Yeah. Unless you're playing some like big split push game, um, which I don't think is that relevant right now in Smite. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I think that was just a draft diff. I think after that, I don't think he went back to those style of gods, even though I think he played a Hades later, which is full offense, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, because that can just kill everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, I opinion. mean, the the Chungle-Uller combo definitely wasn't working, but just knowing the, the Titans and the, again, the pressure, the mental, all that kind of stuff, like... I really feel like if they went down 2-0, they were going to tilt-lose that set. Um, and they would have still had another chance, but then the Hounds would have been through to Worlds and it would have been this huge thing. Uh, but I, I am I was pleasantly surprised with how cleanly and quickly the Titans refocused, uh, rebounded, and the set was not close after that. Games 2, 3, and 4 um, were, looking, were looking pretty clean, if my memory serves. Maybe Game 4? was close here uh but yeah it looks like game four was a little bit closer i was uh i went out disc golfing in the middle of this set but i was like watching it on my phone and listening to it um yeah i was scrimming during most of these sets yeah that makes sense but either way uh the titans a, a little worse than i thought they'd look but generally about what i thought uh how how do you are you feeling like the Titan stock went up, down, or stayed the same after this weekend? Uh, I would say it went up because I think they were playing better than they were at the qualies. I think mm. when they had to play or the playoffs, whatever. I think when they played against us, obviously you have two days of scrims. Right. Uh, I don't think you're going to look your best there. And I think with some cohesiveness added due to scrims, I think they looked way better. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we still have Sino with like his picks that he's going to pick. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would say they look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably fair. Um, I mean, you, you mess up game one, you lose game one due to a draft in my opinion. And then after that you look relatively clean. Um, I don't think SPL teams are going to like completely blow out SEC teams right now. I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's kind of hard to just completely own a game of smite right now. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I think Titans looked about to be expected. Okay. Fair enough. Um, still can't give Paul Sella or, or a set. Uh, can't give Paul set. Yep. Can't give Sino Naja. That's hard to draft against. Uh, no matter how good mm-hmm. you are as a team, this team continues to be one of the hardest teams in the league to draft against. So they've got that going for them, which is yep. nice. Uh, no matter what, no matter what you think about their chances. Um, okay. The other big matchup. Uh, that I want to talk about from Thursday was, of course, the Valkyries and the Hounds. The Hounds come in and really casually, almost, uh, get this 2-0. It's not that these games weren't close in any way. Game 2 in particular was quite close. Uh, Aqua had a crazy game on the Alquang. 
Um, yeah, I missed game two of this set. Yeah, that's a shame because they were they were kind of going crazy. Wowie dropped sixty two k player damage nine one and six on Rom, uh, in the and loss lost? and and lost. <laughs> uh, so you hate to see that. That's uh, just an ADC diff right there, you know. Like, yep, that is they, uh, the roll diff. Right, that is uh, that is unfortunate. But man, what a what a set this was for the Hounds. Really good statement win. At the same time, what a devastating loss for the Valkyries. Not just you know as a team, but I think individually, uh, some really rough individual performances over the course of the weekend not just in this set but uh yeah. in the entirety um Kirmi, who i think is really really good and is one of my favorite players to watch was one of my favorite players to watch going into this tournament really feel like Kirmi, and this is still true i still feel like Kirmi has good potential uh to be a top spl jungler in the future that guy I feel like that guy gets it um, as far as what you need as a teammate and what you need to do as, a, as an SPL player. That being said, boy, was this a bad weekend for him. Um, yeah, I I think across the board, I was not understanding any of the plays that they were going for. It kind of just seemed like all, all the plays that we're doing, or a lot of the plays that I saw, it seemed like the plays that you'd be making like five, six, seven K down and yep. you're like desperate for something and you're like, okay, like you see a play in front of you and you're like, this is the only play we can do. We have to force this regardless of situation. Yep. And all of Valk's plays seem like that. They just seem so weird and so forced and desperate. And I remember seeing a tweet from Benny saying that they had just been regressing over the last like month or so. And, I mean, in my opinion, they've been regressing since Summer Split. Right. Um, and kind of just unfortunate timing. I mean, this is, like, the only time of the year, in my opinion, that matters. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, they look terrible. Like, yep. Awful. Not not great for the Valks. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. Especially, you know what bothered me the most about this whole set? Was Game 2. I gotta talk about it. Benny not having items at the start of the game. Okay? Yeah. I saw his tweet that, you know, there was a there was a pause and all and it just got lost and all that kind of stuff. And I have care of the studio caught on fire, bro. Yeah. Like Thank you. Me either. There are there is I mean, no I do care if the studio Okay, well yeah, that would obviously be really <laughs> terrible. Uh but I'd be like running out of the studio like I gotta buy items when I get back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I gotta make sure. That that is so, uh, man, I'm trying to, like, use the the friendliest language I can uh, in this situation. That is a massive red flag uh, to me when I'm watching that happen. Um, because in my opinion, there are two ways that that can happen. There are two, there are two explanations that come to, the only two explanations that come to mind that could that could explain it are number one he was really still thinking about the game one loss and was in his head about losing that game so much so that he wasn't focused on the game in front of him which is definitely not acceptable and number two he was so not concerned about the state they were in being down (laughs) 0-1 and it didn't he didn't he wasn't 
feeling any type of investment or anything like that to not double check the items. Uh, in either one of those scenarios, it is impossible to be a top tier player if either of those are true. And those are the only two that I can think of. And I feel for him, man, because that sucks. Like it's, you know, it's uh, obviously in my opinion, it's gotta be the pressure because I do think Benny cares. He's, he's a really good player. He's really clearly developed and matured, but you're under a lot of pressure. You're in that moment and you make a brain fart and that sucks, but it is, you know, in every big esport and traditional sport, it would be a big story. So I don't, I, I feel like it's, I, I've got to talk about it because it's on my mind. You do hate to see that. It didn't end up mattering like that much, but it's more about like the, the fact that it happened at all, right? That, that raises concern for me. Yeah, it's just kind of unlucky. Also, Benny, you're a mascot for even being in chat right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, Players love brother. hearing him, bro. It, <laughs> yeah, Benny, Benny is... Dardes, they love it. And Benny, I'm sorry, man. It's not. It's nothing personal, I swear. But it, like I said, it, I just think that in in most scenes, that would be a story that that would be talking about, and that's just the way that I see it. Uh, that's just that's just the way I see it. I mean, it just kind of sucks as an Uller, you know, to back when nothing's going on and kind of lose your Uller pressure a little bit. Um, obviously, I don't think I lost the game of it, off of it, but no. uh, if my teammate forgot to buy items, I'd be like, dog, yeah. what are you doing? Like, no, that's, that's not, se- that's <laughs> not making together, you man. feel confident for the rest of that game. Like, if, you're, if your teammate forgot to buy items, you'd be like, oh... That's oh, where here we, we go. go. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, that's this where, is where we're, we're at right uh, now. That that is not inspiring confidence. I'm definitely not saying. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think that I was. If it sounds like I was trying to pin the whole event on you, Benny, that's not what I meant at all. Uh, and I definitely don't think it was all on you or on anyone else. We were just talking about how Kirmi was having a really bad event. Oh yeah. Uh, no, no. I thought Gamma no didn't be... play like. Benny could have, unless oh, Benny didn't, didn't buy items. That. Yeah, like unless Benny didn't buy items, the whole the whole game well, it can, it won't ever be on just one person. I think everyone was off individually, and then I think the team was way off. Yes, like for a team that's been together for so long, playing like you're or looking from top down like you're a bunch of ranked players is not. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's not what you're going for. But yeah, that's <laughs> well. A very big shock to me, because I was uh, pretty set on Titans and Valks going. And then we can go on to our, the uh, next team. The next team that uh, that is going to be getting roasted here, which is, of course, the Scarabs. Uh, yeah, man, what... what, Bro, I have no idea. Okay, You want to talk about to draft me- brains, like, just getting absolutely twisted. Uh, yeah. This draft against Hex Mambo, like, as the set went on, I was like... I had to get up from my computer in the middle of the game three draft and like walk it off a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I just couldn't. It's it, again, it's really easy to sit outside of the booth and see all of this from a, a non-player perspective and be like, how could you ever think that this is how it's going to go? Like, this is the right thing. It's so mm-hmm. easy to say that. And it is so hard when you're in that booth and until you're there, and I haven't been there at, at, an, at a high enough level, of course, but I hear it from all the players all the time, and even from my small competitive experience, I do understand 
how you hard go into a vacuum when you go in those rooms it, 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 it you're in a different universe like it, it just mm-hmm. the laws of the universe change in there and it is really really hard to keep everything straight that being said this was still objectively uh i still think that this set was all draftive I think it was mm-hmm. all draftive. Obviously, Hex Mambo are good enough to play at Worlds, and I don't want to discredit them in any way, shape, or form. That team is really good and deserves their spot. The Scarabs should have won this set, regardless. Be- but they beat themselves, and Mambo beat them in the draft. Mambo drafted really, really well. This isn't Scarabs mm-hmm. inting. Mambo drafted really well, and Scarabs drafted really poorly. And Scarabs would have had to play three times better than mambo in order to in order to win this set and of course they didn't because mambo is a really good team uh but i think this set really came down to draft and then the way the map was played as well yeah i just i feel like as the set went on scarabs got worse yep and then weren't able to pick it up from there like in scrims i felt like this team had so much potential and they were doing so many different things on the map I mean, i guess i can just say now like because mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter like snoopy was rotating everywhere he was playing like super aggressive gods and like making Bro, where a lot was of the set snoopy's a six set player he dominated the Bro, set adc meta he was one of the best adcs in that meta set met is good I, I felt like the Kronos wasn't doing too much, and then game three, Neither. they're like, we have to take the Kronos away, and I'm like, what? Like, Dog, he, Zeros what? didn't see a fight from level three to level 17 in both games. Why? Yeah. Why are mids allowed to sit there for 14 levels? And it's not even just the Scarabs. I feel like every t- there was so little mid play this entire event. It was so much more about side lanes. Like, mm-hmm. it was so much more about playing through the side lanes. This was, like, the least mid-centric land meta I've ever seen in 10 years, almost, of Smite. I feel like this is the <laughs> least mid-centric meta I've ever seen, and I don't I don't really understand how it got here. Like, yeah, maybe it won't, you know? The, that's the thing about this, is that the top, the four best teams in the world didn't play in this event so who knows uh you know things like no yamoja and not playing through mid like worlds could come around yamoja could be the best the the like the top guardian and everyone could be jamming mid pressure and that's all we play um and we'll have to just kind of wait and see but this event felt so weird to me for that and this set was really and it's because the best teams at events usually set the metas right like that's what happens uh every whatever team looks the best everyone just kind of tries to copy them a lot of the time and Mambo looked like maybe the best uh, of these teams playing here. So everyone just started playing what they were playing, which is Zeros trying to pacifist run the first 23 minutes <laughs> of the game and then waltz in and kill all your towers late game, uh, which is wild. Um, yeah, just just this set, like, I could talk for six hours about this set alone. Um, yeah, I don't... I didn't like Sam on the Naja. I mean, granted, he got first blooded, I think, in game two. And then I think when a Naja gets first blooded, like level three, level four, the game is chalked. Yep. And then game three, I think that was a Sirket game. And I'm like, I was even more confused. Yeah, that Sirket pick I, didn't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, I just feel like that's got to be one of the worst gods in Smite right now. 
Well, it's uh, like, if you're trying to snowball oh, no. early, like, maybe, but you yeah. picked Kronos with it, you know? And it's like, you've got this jungler that needs to fight early. Needs to. It's the only thing she can do, is find picks. And mm-hmm. then you pick really low pressure, doesn't want to really fight that much in mid. It's just like, no... And, and this is... It, this shouldn't be any surprise. Like, if if we didn't hear all this hype about the Scarabs for the first few weeks, come, or for the last few weeks coming into this event, and the Scarabs looked up, showed up and looked like this, everyone would be like, yeah, well, they their roster got farmed this year. This roster is brand new. They didn't really know who they are as a team. All of this mm-hmm. makes sense. And no one's, like, pressed about it. But because they got a lot of hype and because they everyone was talking about how well they were playing and because they looked good at the end of the SPL phase... Everyone had these expectations, and myself included, uh, and I think they clearly just did not meet those in terms of what they did as a team uh, and individually. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was one of the ones that was hyping them up so much, and that was just based off of, like one day of scrims, and then Gen X was also hyping them up a lot. Yeah, um, you guys weren't the only two. I've heard, I've heard, I heard a lot of other like players and talking to them and DMs yeah. and that kind of stuff saying they were doing well. I just feel like they didn't do what they were doing in scrims. Like, just just play how you normally play. I feel like if you're trying to adapt to a team, that, especially like Mambo, like, Mambo has such specific god pools and specific play styles. Like, you're never going to match Mambo at what they're doing. Yeah. Like, Zeros has, like, 20,000 Kronos hours. Like, yep. you're just not going to match that. He, like, he knows how to farm. He knows how to play safe. Like... It just seems so weird to try to like, oh, uh, we're gonna steal your pick, and hopefully you don't know how to play any other god. Like, right? I don't know. It just seems like desperate, I guess. Yeah, no bans. Uh, towards it, it, literally just that one pick, and then not target banning after that. So it was mm-hmm. literally pick your second favorite god. Uh, yep. Which is usually not a great strategy. Um, I mean, yeah. I also have to say i mean i could also talk about it later on but i thought it was very apparent in this set and in the next one for the scarabs scary d had oh i think the worst event of any player there uh yeah just the the decision making the building uh the mechanics none of it was there for scary and that's so not typical for who Mm -hmm. scary has been as a player uh, Scary has been a player who will somewhat routinely look like this during the regular season and then come in and look like prime Benji at Worlds. Yep. Uh, it was the furthest thing from that imaginable. Uh, I think Scary uh, just... Yeah, I, I don't know. There isn't a super kind way to say it. Uh, I love Ronnie as a dude. But, mm-hmm. man, I think the worst... The I think he had a worse event than Kirmi or Benny or anyone else on Valks. Uh, I think Scary had the worst event of any player. Not even SPL only. Like, there. Yeah. What's really disappointing as a big Scary D fan. Uh, I just... I don't know. It just seemed like he had one thing that he wanted to do, and he did that one thing, and then it didn't Was that die to ganks over and over again, or...? It was like oh, no, it was die to his soul laner over and over again. It was like, play the most aggressive I possibly can. 
Like, yeah. Blind aggression. And it just, it was confusing. Especially against Mambo, where, do you know, like, Johnny goes one place on the map. He goes one place. That guy goes one area, and it's solo lane. My mans will not be anywhere else the entire game in the early, except for solo. And that's why I was, like, losing it that Sam was trying, like, especially after the first two games where Scary is just having a rough set. It's Sometimes you just have those days, whatever. And especially after game one where Net went absolutely crazy on the ROM. If I'm Sam, I'm going, sorry, dude. I don't, you might not, you might not get a blue, you might not get a blue this week. Like, (laughs) I'm not coming. Uh, You're right. I don't care if if Scary is six levels down, dude. I'm getting Net big, I'm getting Snoopy big, and I'm getting Hurry big. And we will, we will just try and 4v5 this, this, this fight. But at least us four are going to have that advantage. It's so easy to, again, get lost in it. Gotta help your teammate that's losing. It doesn't feel good when one person's losing. They should have just sent Scary off to sea, man. Let them let him float. <laughs> Johnny and Deathwalker can, you know, they have the whole solo side kingdom. It's all theirs. Uh, yeah. I think if Scarabs played duo in mid, they would have had a significantly better chance to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Unfortunate. Uh, a lot of our talk about this set um, has been... Scarab's focus, but that's because that's the team we're more familiar with. As for Mambo, uh, you know, talking about this set and their set uh, against the Warriors, um, I say it all the time on this podcast, but it is so valuable understanding who you are as a team and how you win. And I think Hex Mambo is a perfect example of this. This team is not super multifaceted. They aren't going to absolutely surprise you with their strategies they're going to pick the gods you know they're going to pick but they don't if they get their chronos picked away they aren't like hmm i think i should maybe pick uh Uller mid here like that's kind of what i'm feeling no he picks baba and he does the same place it's the same game plan over and over and over again it is johnny not going to duo not going to mid sitting in solo it is death walker on a pick that he can control fights with and set tempo with. And they just do that every game. And they're really good at it. And that's mm-hmm. good enough. Like, that's all you really have to do for a lot of your career. Uh, and I think that Hex Mambo... The thing that definitely impresses me the most is how clearly under, they under, they seem to understand their game plan. And the big thing is... When their matchup in the quarterfinals... Uh, you guys, the Olympus Bolts... I'm assuming are going to come in with a game plan against nope. that style of strategy. If you get lucky and you happen to, Barry, how do they respond is the real test of how good this team is. Because uninterrupted, if you let Mambo solitaire you, they are good enough to beat anyone. Yep. Uh, no, they're definitely an SPL-level team. Absolutely an SPL-level team. At this strategy. We will see if it extends beyond the strategy. Or if this strategy truly is. Sometimes strategies are the best thing you can do. Um, and maybe yeah, this is how everyone... Yeah, we and Baba. What's it going to be? <laughs> oh, no. You're going to... Instead of first picking Danza, you're first picking now. Kronos. You're picking Baba next. Oh, my God. What a Zero's playing, man. Uh, I mean, I'm real, I can't wait for your set. I think I'm jumping ahead to the quarter... To the World Championship preview. Uh, but 
I think you guys have by far the most exciting quarterfinal set. Uh, I yeah, can, I, I'm gonna be locked, Barry. It. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be standing up front row, right in front of your right in front of your where you're playing. And I'm gonna be looking right at you when you when you first pick Danza. Will you look at me in the crowd? Yeah, I'll, I'll wink at you. Yes. Okay, that's big. Because I'm going to be right there. I'm so locked in for this Worlds, dude. I can't wait. I'm so stoked. Um, yeah, Mambo's really good. They have a legitimate chance uh, mm-hmm. at making a run at this World Championship. I will say I do think that their side of the bracket is almost the nightmare scenario for them. Because they play you guys, who typically, historically, have played very quickly. And they could certainly struggle with that. And then they play the Kings, who are maybe the one team in the world who is better at solitaire than them. Uh, and could potentially just handshake the first 25 minutes of the game and then still beat them later on down the line. So they're kind of yeah. getting tested on opposite ends of the poles, which is really, really cool and really, really exciting. Um, and it'll be a real... Let's, let's see, you know? No one knows, uh, but... This team is for real. Like, it, no, if they don't have that much worse of a chance at a championship than half the teams uh, at this event. Yeah, I in my opinion, this event's kind of just a coin flip. I feel like most teams, well, I guess we'll get back to the worlds or yeah. the qualities because I don't want to skip too far ahead and get off. Yeah, that. yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. Oh, uh, you're good, you're good. Someone in chat asked about the solitaire analogy. I'm saying solitaire in the we just want to try and we're both going to play our own strategy. Uh, like we're going to pick our five gods. You're going to pick your five gods. We aren't going to interact with one another. We're just going to farm the map as best we can. Each of our five players. And then we're going to go to fire giant and we're going to fight once and see who wins. Um, that's kind of how I describe solitaire. Most of the time is as little fighting as possible. We are trying to just execute our game plan without any interference. You are trying to execute your game plan without any interference. Let's see who wins. Uh, and it's just a scaling slow style of play. Um, and when executed well, very fun to watch if you're heavily invested in Smite. If you aren't heavily invested in Smite, typically very resident sleeper. Um, <laughs> that's just how it is. Uh all right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk warriors next because I think we're gonna have more to say potentially um, about the Ravens. Uh, the Warriors um, they beat the Storm two zero on Thursday as expected. They come in, they lose three one to Mambo uh, on mm-hmm. Saturday, uh, and they lose three in a row to Mambo in particular. Um, warriors, they they kind of do exactly what I assume all Warriors sets are going to look like. uh, Or like weekends are going to look like. Which is, they have one set where they just look like totally lost. Uh, They just don't, they just like, I don't know what exactly they're they're looking at or I don't see the direction, you know, that they're trying Uh to move. And then they show up the next day and you think like, oh, how did this team ever forget how to play Smite uh, mm-hmm. at times? So it's like the full, you got the full Warriors experience this weekend. Uh, what, what did you think when you were watching some of their games, Barry? Uh, they played better than I thought they would. 
honestly. Yeah. Um, I on the last podcast I was pretty hard on them. Uh, I did not think that they were going to qualify, and they they surprised me. Uh, I think they're still really far away from their potential. Um, I think individually they had some pretty bad performances this weekend. I agree. Um, In the Mambo think... set, Neil was just absolutely sprinting it down. Yeah. He was running it down. He was really he was really bad that day. Yeah, and I think if you're giving the deaths that Neil was giving, I think it's kind of hard for the rest of your team to uh, play r- really well. Mm-hmm. I think there was a there was one of his Atlas games where he just died really early to like the he- I think it was a Hebo Chronos and when you're dying to a Hebo Chronos like they are getting accelerated in the mid game. Like, oh yeah, they are just launching themselves and and I'm not like putting all the blame on Neil by any means. Um, I, I think everyone obviously had a few mistakes here and there. Um, but I, I their drafts were pretty good. Um, they were just drafting Oni solve drafts, which I can't harp on a team for picking, you know, your style. Sure. Uh, I I do think execution of their drafts was kind of lackluster. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they qualified. They, I mean, they beat they're class. there. They're there. Uh, <laughs> is there anyone? Chat. Is it easier to shot call from the gray screen? <laughs> so true. Mifflin, speaking of Mifflin, uh, like from 40 minutes ago, uh, Mifflin would always say that, that he would, he would intend his team on Xbox, uh, would talk so little without him that he would intentionally one for one a fight so that he could just see more of the fight, uh, and mm-hmm. call from there. Um, you can believe that if you want, that's up to you. I can't control you one way or the other. Uh, yeah, I think that again, Mambo just showed that they are. Mamo is not a team that's going to lose to themselves. You have to beat them. Yep. And Warriors were incapable of beating them on Saturday. Uh, and so they did not. And that brought us to Sunday where it looked like it was going to be real clean and easy for the Warriors. Uh, they Game one was pretty back and forth um, between the Warriors and the Bugs. But ultimately get the win uh game two was pretty clean from the warriors if i remember correctly maybe i'm getting those two mixed up but one of them was kind of close the other was pretty clean and then game three happens and the warriors get crushed uh oh yeah no both of these games i'm sorry you're right chat just reminded me both of these games the scarabs had really good control and just had maybe some of the worst like cascading of ints I've seen in my entire <laughs> life. I said it all, I would call it all the time, and <clears throat> funny enough, speaking of Mifflin, it's what we used to call when we would play against Mifflin's team. They he played on Eager. We would call it the Eager Conveyor Belt, where if you kill one, the next one will deliver themselves to you in order to help mm-hmm. the first person. And then when that person dies, the next one is right there, having just jumped in in order to help their teammate. And we would call it the eager conveyor belt. The bugs conveyor belt was moving at a speed unknown by man. Um, It was in... You could literally, like, take a gif of it and put it in the dictionary for the conveyor belt. Like, Mm -hmm. they just... 
they, they had two they had fights in game one and in game two where if one person died it didn't matter they were f- heavily favored to win the game and they just decided to go in and help them and go in and help that guy and go in and help that guy and throw completely winning positions away game one and game two uh and you just you just can't win uh when that happens you just can't win when you lose two absolutely back-breaking fights uh in the exact same very very avoidable way yeah i didn't get to watch the fights you're talking about unfortunately because i've been very bro you would lose it you would you would lose it in particular game one by by a tier two tower like i can't send it to you because i'd have to minimize your video i could find it so easily on the vod though uh like i couldn't i couldn't believe it uh it was so bad i mean sometimes that just happens uh but if it's happening consistently like that that is just unlucky yes because sometimes you're like oh help me help me help me and and you don't want to say no you know yep but sometimes you just have to be like nah you're dead bro i will see you later every man for himself uh Mm -hmm. that's sometimes what you got to do which was a real i don't know why i'm bringing back so many scl uh memories here but we were doing a listen in one time with paul's xbox team and they got a gold fury and they were running away and i think it was paul yelled and i quote every man for himself on the way out because someone got caught and they were like can we help him and and paul was like no every man for himself (laughs) and they got out of there uh which is which is solid for them um respectable and then so game three the scarabs crush sam like one v nines the game uh just got off to a good start on pele and absolutely hard carried i thought sam for what it's worth we talked about how scary i think had the worst individual event Snoopy had a really, really rough set in this set. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, the Scylla game, obviously very bad. Uh, Sam, I thought, looked really good to great the vast majority of this event. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, these things do matter a lot. Uh, at this time of year especially, because players are considering who they might want to play with next year and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think Sam... For getting kicked this year, uh, turned around and had a had a really good second half of the season with the circumstances in mind. Uh, oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Which is which is good to see. Netroid have of course had some really high moments in this set. He also had some very classic Netroid positioning and relic usage uh, in this set. But as I've said before, he's Arkel 2.0. That mm-hmm. you you get what you get. Uh, and that's and that's just how it goes. Um, yeah, the disco passive game was the hardest I've seen anyone carry of that tournament, bro. And then I was like, oh yeah, Scarab's looking really good. They came in with a good strategy, like a good identity, like play through duo, give Netroid the passive. And I'm like, what happened the rest of the time? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That that's all you needed at times. Uh, yep. Yeah, Chad also saying that Hurry looked good. I agree. I think Hurry looked pretty good um, in support mm-hmm. during his time there. Um, but, okay, so then we get to game four, and this is the game where everyone is just missing everything. The nerves were so clearly high on both sides. Everyone's using relics terribly. Everyone's positioning terribly. Uh, so many mistakes. And it was fun because of it. 
uh, and you could really yep. feel that drama. Was there a single soul on this earth, if the Warriors would have lost this game four, that thought they had any chance at a game five? Except for like, I don't even know if you could say those five players in that booth. If they would have oh. been up 2-0 and been on the back mm-hmm. of a potential reverse sweep again, I would have yep. bet the house on the Scarabs to win that game five. There is no chance. That was a mutt. Like the Warriors either got eliminated in game four or went to yep. Worlds. There was no, there's no difference between game, game four and five. Uh, or like game four and the end of the set. It, game five was literally, they could have not played it. Uh, yeah, I was pretty nervous during, during game four. I was like, once Sam hard carried game three, I'm like, oh no. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's actually going to happen. I was like, okay, they're you know they're two one. Maybe the scarabs can come back. And I was like, oh wait a minute, mm-hmm. oh wait a minute, they could be up two up, and they could be tied two two. Yep. Dart. <laughs> Dart has enchanted. I was not gonna let this happen. I can tell Dart as dude. Dart as the the game is like the that game was so ugly and so messy, and then Dart just finds this little. This little alleyway around fire with the Hera. And Darda's legitimately almost one shot <laughs> the entire team. Like, that was the biggest Hera ult I've ever seen in my entire life. Even outside of the moment. Like, it, he hit both backliners, I think. Or he definitely, like, he hit Snoopy dead on his dome. Got both his relics, forced him out of the fight. Uh, hit, like, all of the front line. That, was, that one play... Save the Warriors season. Because the longer that game goes on, Barry, who do you think is yep. getting more nervous? Okay? <laughs> Honestly, probably everyone watched. Me. I'm getting more nervous. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't I couldn't take my eyes off the screen uh, in that game. But I felt like that was an absolutely huge uh, play from Dardez. And good. Dardez, I want more of that from you. Tough two, Hera. Who cares? Give it to him. Let the man do his thing. Uh you popped off, uh, and the Warriors do make it um, to the World Championship in a really, really exciting, really fun set to watch, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brings us to the the dark horses of the tournament, the Highland Ravens. Uh, we didn't give this team a whole lot of prep, uh, Barra, oh. during last week's episode because they had a new support, and their mid isn't here. He's in Europe, so like, okay. we didn't have to. We didn't have to. Pay that much attention to them, right? And to be fair, they stunk it up at the last land. <laughs> they sure did. To be fair, they sure they did. They were the ones that stunk it up. I would have, <laughs> I would have talked way more highly about that team if they had come off of a hot performance, like I was about Mambo. Yep. But Ravens were like, just not looking that great. And how are they playing better with a different support and angry on ping? Hello? Like, bro. I don't know. I don't know. I genuinely don't know how it's possible. Maybe it's just like, it just doesn't matter. So it's, you can just play so much more freely. I don't even know if that makes sense. Like, I I genuinely don't know how they played so much better at this event than they did the previous one. I mean, it's just candidate worlds, baby. That's it. Uh... Dude. The amount of names at this event is like the earlier seasons. I'm so amped for this event, man. I literally like How do we have Deathwalker versus Baskin? How? 
Dude, imagine saying that at the beginning of the year. That's going to be the quarterfinal right? solo match of his Death right? Walker versus Basket. I'd be like, oh my god, what happened? Like, did a team like, I don't even know. Like, uh, absolutely crazy. And that is, it's so awesome, man. It's so mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah, the Ravens, like, obviously. I mean, they looked really good. Like, they looked really, really good. good. Like, this is the team that obviously has the least amount of expectations uh going mm-hmm. into this event you know they got two owed one of the two games against the titans was very close the other was not it was a complete blowout um then they two owed the valks and looked really good doing it that being said the valks did not look spl caliber in that set uh i don't think anyone would really argue otherwise and then yeah. they play against a hounds team that is obviously very talented but also didn't play that well and this isn't to take away from the ravens these teams not playing well is in large part due to what they are doing that being said it isn't you should you should be playing at a level if you're feeling really confident in worlds you should be playing at a level where you feel like you can beat everyone on their best day mm-hmm. the ravens certainly have not seen anybody on their best day and as good as they looked with Angry on Ping and Cozy there as a new support, it is fair to say that if an SPL team like, say, the Camelot Kings, the number one seed, by the way, plays their best day, it's not, it, it is not going to look good for the Ravens, is my expectations. But... Mm-hmm. What do they have to lose, man? They played so well. They played so loose. Like, that's the big thing to me is that we said it coming in. SEC teams have nothing to lose. Like, Kenneth said in a pregame interview, all that kind of stuff. I really feel like this team feels that and is playing with that freedom in a way that Hex Mambo is not. Uh, That this team does just understand that they're playing with house money and whatever happens, happens. And that's really freeing, as I said last week. And so who knows, mm-hmm. you know, you never know. Uh, yeah. Genetics saying their win versus hounds is well-earned thought the Valks were the ones inting into them far more agreed. The hounds played better than the Valks did uh, in their head to head matchups. But I still felt like as soon as this set was two zero Ravens, that there was a 0% chance that the hounds were even winning a game because of their uh, lack of experience in comebacks uh, and in, what I know of that team and in their players and their mentalities. Uh, I, I thought that that set was over as soon as the hounds went down two zero, which is a lot of credit to the Ravens to get them to that point. Of course. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just, yeah. I just ranted forever about the Ravens. What, what, what were your takeaways, Barry? Uh, well, I already went over my takeaways in the beginning, but True. I was unable to watch that set. I, I don't mm-hmm. think I watched any of that. Uh, that set. The, yeah. Uh, it wasn't Ravens. set. Game two was like kind of close, but otherwise, Ravens pretty clearly uh, dominant um, mm-hmm. in this one. Impressive stuff from them. Excited to see what they do. Don't let Kenneth get Thor. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Oh, please let him get Thor. Just, Dude, just one he game. Popped. He just one game. Popped on that pick, which is awesome. Uh, it, it yeah, it's so much fun. Um, I can't wait to see what that team does for sure. Um, all right, let's go to the uh, the actual Smite World Championships then and what our expectations are. Uh, the bracket 
is uh, the top half is the Camelot Kings up against the Highland Ravens, the Olympus Bolts up against Hex Mambo, Tartarus Titans up against the Leviathans. I reversed those seeds. It's the Leviathans as the two seed, Titans as the seventh seed, and then Jade Dragons versus the Oni Warriors. So if it's seeding that you're looking at only, it would be Kings versus Bolts in the semifinals and Leviathans and Dragons in the other semifinals. And then from there, you know, you can kind of figure it out. It's only four teams. Mm-hmm. Did the picking process go as you expected because the, the SPL teams were able to pick which opponents they wanted? Uh, did the picking process go as you expected? And what are your overall thoughts on the bracket here, Barry? Yeah, my prediction was that we were playing Mambo. Because um, I don't think any other team really wants to play against Mambo. And why would they? Yeah, exactly. Um, and we obviously didn't have choice. Uh, so I was like, it takes a lot of pressure off of us. Just kind of like you just show up and like, okay, this is who you play. So yeah, that's kind of nice in a way. Because um, I don't... I don't think it really matters for us. I think it was between like Warriors and Mambo. I guess mm-hmm. those dragons chose them. So when it when it comes to that, like I don't really care to face like either team. Um, it's all about us showing up and us playing our game. Like a lot of times, we're the ones that beat ourselves, in my opinion. So if if we got to choose, I I feel like it's the same outcome either way. Like mm. whatever we do on the world stage. Um, yeah, I. I don't think I was surprised at all by the selection uh, across the teams. I feel like Kings probably thought Ravens were the worst team there, um, which makes sense. They're SEC. Um, They were the SEC coming out of the lower bracket as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Warriors have the X factor of showing up randomly. Um, Titans kind of have an X factor, in my opinion, with Aurora and Paul. Um, I think those are, like, two of the best game day players. Um, yeah. So I was, I was a little surprised at Titans going earlier. Um, but not, not too, too surprised. I feel like they have... Levi's have a pretty good matchup into them. Because I feel like strategy-wise, Levi's kind of know exactly what Titans will be doing. Yeah, I think uh, that the Leviathans... Leviathans are the second choice. They chose the Titans over Hex Mambo or Oni Warriors, but... I think they have a very good matchup into the Titans Mm -hmm. uh, and are very familiar with that team. Um, And I am not, I'm not like, oh, of course they picked the Titans, but it doesn't surprise me uh, that they did. And I think they do. The Titans are certainly more consistent than the Warriors, but maybe the Warriors like have that, next level that they could hit out of nowhere that the Titans haven't shown the propensity for quite yet. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, the Titans, I think the hardest thing about the Titans is that they, they're they hard to pick and ban against. And one thing, I think I said this a few weeks ago on the podcast, one thing that the Leviathans don't get enough credit for, I think, is how well they've picked and banned their entire time in the league. Uh, that core. Yep, I agree. And Oxy is a coach. I don't know if he does a lot of picks and bans for them. That team very rarely loses in picks and bans and therefore is one of the hardest matchups for the titans where i think that's one of their best strengths is how hard they're they're how hard they are to pick and ban against and in my opinion if they are leaving like the set open if they are leaving the nausea open they're going to force you to pick it and then they will be countering it pretty easily yeah um, and panatom's we'll they... probably the next best nausea player in this tournament maybe twig mm-hmm. uh but twig and Naj- twig and 
Panatom, the two best other Naja players besides Sino. So it actually is valuable to have them going up against him. Yep. And then uh, I'm not really surprised why Dragon's picking Warriors over Mambo. I think Mambo looked pretty good against Dragons last time. And I don't think Dragons really want the SEC debuff mm-hmm. uh, that you get as an SPL team playing against an SEC team. Because you don't you don't want to lose that. You don't want to like no. make mistakes. Like teams will panic a lot. Like if one or two plays goes bad against an SEC team, like you start like overanalyzing situations instead of just looking at like these guys are good players and uh, you know mistakes will happen even though you're an SPL team. But a lot of times, like uh, I just think S- SPL teams psych themselves out against SEC teams. Mm-hmm. And I think dragons like. You can either pick the poison you're used to, which is Warriors, or pick, like, a brand new poison, which is Mambo. And, like, playstyle-wise, god selection-wise, Mambo is unique compared to every other team coming into this event. Yep. So it makes sense for Dragons to go with the more familiar team that they've beaten before. Yep. I mean, who knows? Maybe Neil activates against Mike, uh, as he sometimes does. Uh, Neil teams seem to, to get the edge in those matchups, but... The, the Dragons Warrior set is just like, man, who is one team... These are the two most inconsistent teams, I would say. Uh, which one is going to not lose to themselves? Um, obviously, the Dragons are very favored in that. Uh, but you never know. Um, dude, this event is going to be so awesome. Holy crap. I can't, I can't wait. It's only a few days away uh what like two sleeps and then we're there um yeah i don't even know if i'm going to sleep tonight yeah that's probably good to get up and go to the airport so oh boy you better get you got to get some sleep barry that's not going to be good for your sleep schedule if you don't that's going to be tough otherwise time change as well don't forget different time zone we're going to central going to central yeah that sounds right uh i don't know this is the farthest west i've ever been i've never been further west than texas or then St. Louis, uh, and Texas is obviously further west than that. So this will be a new experience for me, um, which I'm very excited about. Uh, assuming you guys get supremely unlucky, um, because I'm assuming you would, of course, pick yourselves to win, uh, given the opportunity. If there, if the Olympus Bolts are not winning the Smite World Championship, due, again, sheer to only bad luck, uh, who do you think is going to win the Season 9 Smite World Championship? I would say Kings. Yeah. I think is the most realistic, I think. And then obviously second would be Leviathans. Yep. I think there is a large gap between Kings and Leviathans and everyone else right now coming to this event. I agree. Um, And I do think that their play styles uh, with Kings and Leviathans favor the big events so much more than uh like it, it's play style wise is so much different to play at a big event with a like i would say like a fast paced play style mm-hmm. than the slower paced more methodical play style mm-hmm. not saying that levi's and kings don't ever like jam it and play aggressive um but i think that the the way they play the map and it's so objective focused and very very clean 
there's not very many 50-50 plays that they're going for with Kings and Leviathans. A lot of them are the higher percentage plays that aren't risky. Yep. Um, and I think that those style of plays and those styles of execution just work so much better on big stages. And I, in my opinion, I think Dragons are kind of a sleeper team at this yeah. event. Um, no pressure on them, as Chad just pointed out. Yeah, I... They haven't been looking like the dragons of earlier this year, where Pagon was literally just diffing like everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, they kind of like transitioned into a more normal team as it went on, um, and they don't have the big mechanical outplays um, that I was seeing the earlier in the earlier split mm-hmm. or the earlier season. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say dragons maybe like third, but I'm. I would just say that they're the most likely dark horse of the event. <laughs> yeah, I think that's super fair. Um, I did an interview recently with uh, the Long Lane, which is like a website that does written content for the SPL. You should have, everyone should check it out. It's really really fun. Um, I talked for way too long uh, during that interview, as you can guess. Um, I said basically the exact same thing. The Kings and the Leviathans are the two top teams, and then there's a significant gap between them and everybody else. I would if you gave if we were betting and you gave me the Kings and the Leviathans versus the field, I would feel very comfortable taking the Kings and Leviathans against the field. I would not take the Kings or the Leviathans against the field. So I'm not super confident that I know which of those two teams is going to win. I would be surprised if it is not one of those teams. Uh, My gut is telling me it's Leviathans as the favorite, in my opinion. But this world is going to be so different, like, in comparison to the last few, that I think we could very easily have an SK-style worlds where a team Mm -hmm. that no one is expecting just has a really good weekend and the crowd gets behind them and all of a sudden they mess around and win. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I have team, no idea. In my opinion, that team is probably Mambo, honestly. The, um, I was actually talking uh, with some people. It's really, it is interesting that you guys got the matchup because, Barry, you're obviously a fan favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. People typically cheer for the Bolts. It's a popular team. Imagine if they were going. Imagine if Hex Mambo was going up against like. And this is no offense to anybody else, but like the the Titans or the Warriors or a team that isn't mm-hmm. as popular among most fans. The crowd would be like ninety ten Mambo. It is going to be mm-hmm. more even with you guys than it would be for anybody else except the Dragons. Probably the Dragons, the most popular team. You guys up there as well. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the crowd split is going to be like for your set uh because it, like it's gonna be, be loud for the underdog dude i think a lot of people are gonna be cheering for the underdog as well but i think that you guys are gonna get some cheers you know there's some long time yeah. barra and ven stands out like, there who want to see you guys succeed i wouldn't blame anyone if we got zero cheers and all the <laughs> cheers were for mambo i would not or like i think i feel like mambo and ravens are gonna get the most cheers i yeah i mean i think so too they're just it's such a cool story um but man it's going to be something. But yeah, I just, I could see, and a lot of players haven't played in front of a crowd, period, uh, or in a long time. 
If there's a yeah, world... Everyone's going to be playing a little weird, I think, at this point. I think everyone's going to be playing a little weird. Uh, I'd still take the Leviathans or the Kings against the field. Not either one individually. Um, I think yeah. it's the Leviathans who are going to win, but I don't feel super confident in it. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I, I just think quarterfinals are going to be a fiesta the entire day. It's like, going to be think so are... awesome. That Friday? Yeah, oh. the, that Friday might be the best day of the event just because of how much of a fiesta it's going to be. I, I feel like teams are going to be playing weird. Uh, people are going to be doing things that they wouldn't normally be doing. Uh, just kind of like a little desperate, maybe a little like getting the nerves out, you know. Yep. Um, Especially for all the people that haven't played on stage yet. I mean, also, I kind of feel like no one's kind of played on stage. Because it's so no long. One's on... Yeah, it's been like three years at this point, dog. Like, yeah. I don't even know how to talk to people anymore. Like, I'm getting amped <laughs> just thinking about it, baby. Oh, I'm so, like, I want to be like, very Darda clear. is going to be top doing Hera. <laughs> dog, I was just thinking, that's that fourth quarterfinal, that's going to be at like 9 p.m., dog. It's going to be late. Yeah. It is going to be late. Everyone's going to be loopy. It's going to be weird. Yep. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I, I'm honestly just glad that we're playing earlier in the day. Because <laughs> I feel like if we yeah. played later, I would be fried. Going I think it's going to be really hard to play in that fourth set in particular. Yep. Uh, I think that's going to be a difficult set to play in and stay locked in for. Uh, yeah. I think you just have to like avoid fans for a while if you're that fourth set. And yep. just kind of like Lock try in, baby. to stay focused. But not like... Not too focused, because there's some times where I'll watch, like, four to five hours of Smite. Oh, that happened against the uh, Dragon set. Mm -hmm. uh, the Dragon set, we were playing for third, fourth. I got there. I waited two and a half hours before we played. And I was like, I'm so fried for this yep. for this set, like, for our Dragons uh, set. I was like, this, I'm going to try to play serious, but, like... Waiting for that long and watching that many Smite games, especially like it's Levi's one game three, Levi's one game four, and then Kings win game five. I'm like, dude, yep, you can't be. You guys are really doing this to us, like the worst. That is the yeah. worst. I can't wait. It's it gonna be awesome. Uh, I can't believe it's already here. Uh, I'm yeah, unbelievably excited. I feel like December was done in like a week. It was so fast, um, but it's gonna be great uh it, it's gonna be really awesome um if any podcast listeners out there are going uh please feel free to come up and say hi uh at any time we'd love to to chat you know get a picture whatever um unless barry has just gotten supremely unlucky and lost in which case and this is, goes for all players if your favorite player just lost now is not your time uh <laughs> don't talk to them I don't care yeah. how nice your whatever you're gonna say is. I don't care. Uh, mm -hmm. Just wait. No yep. matter what, you're gonna think these words that I'm speaking to you right now. You're gonna say, "Well, I'll just say, I you know, I thought you played great. I'm sorry you lost. I love you." Don't. Okay. Just, just wait. Just wait an hour. Just wait, like wait two hours. A little bit. Just wait. That's all I'm asking. If if you can learn one thing from this podcast, it is to if as soon as a player has lost, give them a few hours. That is it. And then 
in a few hours, don't ask them about why they didn't pick or ban something. Oh, Just don't. Don't do that. Just don't. don't. I don't care how good of a time you're having. I don't care that you're yucking it up and having a great time. Don't ask, okay? Just don't. Yeah. Don't. That's literally the worst. Oh, dude, it hurts me. I'm like standing next to players and this is happening to them. And I have literally Bro. stepped in to be like, don't ask that. Because uh, it makes uh, me so uncomfortable. I can't stand it. Okay, I have a really bad story that uh-huh. I will share. Yeah. Um, I think it was season five, maybe season six, uh, that I had just lost. Mm-hmm. And I was coming off, literally coming off the stage 20 feet off the stage, this guy was like, Hey, Barra, uh, I'm sorry you lost. Um, my dad just died, and I, I know that you lost your brother, and how did you deal with that? Oh my god, no. <laughs> I was like, dog, you couldn't give me 15 seconds? Oh my like, god, that bro, is the worst thing I've ever lost. heard. Oh <laughs> yeah, no. Like, like Jeff almost decked that guy, bro. Like Jeff almost. <laughs> I'm sure he him did. Out. I'm sure he did. That is so terrible <laughs> on so many levels. I I hope that guy's doing better. But yeah, I hope so too. I, mean, I gave Lord. a lot of advice. But, you uh, did. You well, talked to I, him. I, yeah, I talked to him you for Barry. a while. Oh my God, I Barry, gave, you're I too gave, like, kind. I gave him like five minutes, and then Jeff was like, "Bro, we gotta go." Like, of you course. Gotta, you gotta go. Oh my I lord! I can't believe it. I can't believe you even stopped. That's you're a better man than I am. Uh, I would not have stopped. I wouldn't have been a huge jerk, but I wouldn't have stopped. That's for sure. No Bro, chance. Jeff's face like seething with anger. Oh, like, he was. I'm pretty sure he was angrier about that guy <laughs> than losing the set. Well, yeah, I mean, because all of that anger is now at that person. Like you can't be mad at everyone else, but that guy you could be mad at. Yeah, don't. And now you're going to be thinking, well, at least I'm not doing that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You could be saying, hey, Bera, here's $100. And I'll bet you Bera oh. would rather not talk to you than take the $100 uh, yeah. in that moment. Uh, I will talk wait. to you, though. If you do come talk to me, I will talk to you regardless of the time. But just know there are Don't, better times Don't, no, Bera, do. if you lose, I'm escorting you out of the building. I'm not saying a f- <laughs> freaking word to you, but I'm not letting anyone else talk to you. That's it. I'm, I'm That's your bodyguard post-loss. If you get unlucky and that happens, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, come up and say hi to us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, special podcast episode next week. It is not on Tuesday. It is on Thursday, January 19th uh, at 8 p.m. It is a special live AMA episode. So it's going to be longer than usual. It's going to be way more fun than usual, which is hard to believe, I know, but it's true. Mm. Uh, you can get tickets. If you want to call into the show and, and join it and be a part of it, talk with us on the show. Uh, check the description of wherever you are listening and or watching this or head on over to prediction.com. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N.com. Tickets are uh, $7.99, I believe, unless I messed that. No, it was $7. So it was $6.99 uh, and then... $4.99 if you are a Patreon subscriber. So check your emails, Patreon subscribers. Uh, I'm going to put it in the Discord as well. Um, if you want to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash backliner is the place to go for that. Uh, you get to be featured on the show. You get to be a part of it. It is so much fun. Uh, and again, you don't need to get a ticket in order to be here. Um, but if you want to be a part of the show, that's how you do so. So uh, it'll be great. 
Um, can't wait. Questions of the week. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I almost forgot about the questions of the week. You're right. And I even skipped last week, uh, because I was kind of losing it. Um, and this show is long, so I might have to go short here as well, but I apologize. Of course, we're getting our random questions of the week from our community discord, which you can access by going to patreon.com slash backliners. Uh, Oh, Joe had a question. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Oh yeah. It maxes at 50 participants. So you can, you know, there's a max, there's a max. So, so get your tickets now if you want to guarantee your spot. Um, but Joe wanted me to ask you a question first and foremost, Barry, uh, how many potatoes do you think you eat in a year? Um, and we did some research on this. She loves questions like this. The average American eats, what was it? Uh, 60 pounds of potatoes a year. The average potato is between 6 and 10 ounces. So we called it 8 ounces is the average. That's half a pound is the average potato. So the average American is eating 120. Or no, they eat 120 pounds. So the average American eats 240 potatoes a year, I think it was. Do you think you eat an above average amount of potatoes, about average, or below average amount of potatoes? Uh... Uh, that was a lot of numbers. I will say yeah. above average because I love mashed potatoes. Yeah. Uh, secondly, Costco has really cheap potatoes, so I, I buy a lot of uh, potatoes from Costco. Yep. Um, and then I also love making uh, baked like French fries because mm. um, they're just healthier. They taste really good. It like scratches that potato itch. Um, yep. So I'll I'll say above for sure. I'm definitely above. Um, if the average American eats 240 potatoes a year, there's no way I'm clocking less than 600 yeah. potatoes a year. Uh, no way. I wow. Chips, French fries, mashed potatoes. Doesn't matter. Uh, I'm crushing. Yeah. A- any form of potato is really good. Yep. Absolutely agreed. Um, okay. Going to our uh, Patreon Discord here. Um I'm going to pick some short ones because this episode is long and Barry's got to go to sleep. So I apologize to everybody. Uh, we can answer these um, later on, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hiru asked, uh, they've recently been playing Far Cry 3 again and had forgotten how much of a memorable antagonist the game had. Voss Montenegro, great villain. Uh, do you have a favorite or memorable video game antagonist or villain uh, that comes to uh- mind? I would say I think I think it's like Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII or mm-hmm. Sephiroth. I don't know how to say the name. Yeah, Sephiroth um, was one of my favorite ones just because he just seemed so cool when I was young, and he had like the really long, skinny sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, then, Sephiroth. I, mean, cool. I, I obviously don't play that many single player games, so I'm going Sephiroth. No, I think that's a really good one. I mean. <clears throat> Far Cry 3 was obviously great, uh, in large part because of Voss. Um, video game antagonists. So often I ask these questions and literally don't start thinking until you're done talking, which is stupid. Um, I really liked... Uh, I really, really liked the Horizon Zero Dawn story. Um and that game has a lot of different antagonists, so maybe not the best answer to this question, but uh, that that game um, stands out as a story game that I really liked. Uh, 
having just played the the new God of War series, um, well, not just, but like played the God of War 2018 when it came out, and then Ragnarok when it came out. Um, I really like the way they did Odin uh, in that series, who's obviously an antagonist there. So those are two more recent ones that come to mind. Uh, yeah, having trouble thinking beyond that, but those are those are very cool. Um, dude, you know what game? I don't know what someone said in chat. Uh, Handsome Jack, I read that. Who's from Borderlands? Obviously a great villain. Mm. That brain blasted me to a game series that I haven't thought about in forever. Did you ever play Beautiful Joe on GameCube? Uh, I didn't play it, but I really wanted to. Bro, I want to go back and play that game right this freaking second. That game series was so sick. I'm looking up gameplay of it as soon as this podcast is over. Yeah, uh, I remember it was like one of the top games, right? Yeah, it was like a, it was like a movie. That's the that's the vibe of the game like the theme of the game is that you're a movie character and you could like slow-mo and speed up and all that kind of stuff uh and it was awesome like it was awesome 2003 holy crap man that is wow i feel old i know 20 years ago i distinctly remember playing that game that was 20 years ago yep oh let it sink in I'm so old. I'll see you guys in oh, Texas if I don't God. turn to dust beforehand. Good <laughs> lord. Burn oh, me in lord. Texas. Um, man. Oh, yeah, Ganon was really good, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Ganon, absolutely excellent. Um, okay, we're going to cut it there because this podcast has already been going on too long and Barry's got to get some sleep. And I'm getting emotional. And I'm yeah. getting emotional. i got to go watch Beautiful Joe and see if I can play Beautiful Joe anywhere, like on Steam or something like that. Uh but thank you everybody for watching and listening. Um, we hope you enjoy the Smite World Championships again. Thursday, January 19th is our next podcast episode. It is a live special AMA. Tickets are at prediction.com or check the description. Um, and we will see you there. Hopefully we'll see some of you in Texas. And everyone be safe. Wait. Wash your hands. All that kind of stuff. Go ahead. Dolson's sleeping on Smite game right now? Yeah, he's sleeping at the studio because the, the shuttle is leaving there from at like 4 a.m. Uh, so if you're watching this live, uh, I would recommend heading on over to twitch.tv slash smite game after this. Yeah, go to smite game, boys. I'm going to. Uh, I don't know what's happening, but I'm excited to He's see it. He's just laying on an air mattress in the middle of the studios. Oh, God. All right. Well, not, I know what I'm watching tonight uh, at the very For least. Real. There you go. Um, again, <laughs> prediction.com to get those tickets. We'll see you in Worlds, everyone. If you're going to Worlds, wash your hands all the time. If, if you ever wash your hands in an hour, go, uh, go wash them. Um, be, yeah, don't get anyone sick around, please if you're not feeling around. good it sucks but don't go please uh don't oh. don't get people sick yeah or just wear a mask like if you if you think you're gonna be sick if you're feeling sick i will be wearing a mask and yeah i'm gonna be wearing if, one if, a lot if there's any question marks just please buy a mask just wear the mask it, it it's it's not that big of an inconvenience you know and it keeps us safe Wash your hands too, okay? Everyone wash needs to your wash. Face. Wash it, wash it, okay? That's that's the wash way everything. <laughs> yeah, that's just generally good advice. Uh, all right, uh, we'll see you guys there. Have a great world championship. Until then, Barra, you know what to do. Bye. He's got it. He's got. Oh that, my gosh, that was. Was crazy. that a potentially world champion level of buy right there? Does that, that kind of set you off on the right path? I feel like it might have.
That was so strong. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You gotta be feeling. Oh, it's because Dolson's over here. I can see oh, Dolson's yep. muscles. Okay. Yeah. That'll do it. That'll do it. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.